Welcome to Purposely Bossing Up, where we talk about bossing up in business, but we always talk about bossing up in life. Hey y'all, this is your girl T, the host of Purposely Bossing Up. On today's episode, we have Raven Magwood. Raven is a published author, motivational speaker, and filmmaker who is truly a force to be reckoned with. Although only in her 20s, Raven has dedicated her young life to one thing, inspiring people around the world to become the most best version of themselves. Since giving her first speech, Raven has traveled the country providing individuals with the tools they need to unlock their full potential. Described by many as an achievement expert, she uses personal stories from her own journey to provide insight to others about how to accomplish their own dreams. So I present to you all Raven Magwood. Hello, Raven. Hi, T. How are you? I am great. I am great. I'm super excited to have you on the podcast today. Oh, yes. I'm happy to be here. So let's get into this interview. So, of course, this podcast is called Purposely Bossing Up. Raven, what is your definition of purpose? Well, I think that once you find your purpose in life, you have found what you were put on this earth to do, what fulfills you, and what also helps to fulfill other people. Because I'm a strong believer that your life may be the only Bible that another individual reads. And so in reading this quote-unquote Bible, if they're able to be encouraged by what you are doing and you're able to become the best, best version of yourself in the process, then that is when you've truly found your purpose. Oh, I love it. I've never heard no one use that phrase you use, like your life is like a Bible. Like, you know, it's, I had put up a quote the other day saying, you know, live your life to your fullest potential and do everything that you need to do because someone is relying on you to do so. And it can be a exactly. stranger. It can be a family member. It can be anyone. So, because you never know who's watching. And my mom used to tell me that all the time. You know, like you just never know who's watching. This is so true. So true. So if you could describe yourself in one word, what would it be and why? The word that I would use to describe myself is true. And that's because I really just try to be as true to myself as possible in any situation, no matter who I'm dealing with, who I'm talking to and what I'm doing. There's been times when I've had to give speeches all day in schools around the county in which one school 98% of the students were on free or reduced lunch. And then another school, their parents were paying over $15,000 a year for them to attend the school. And even though I was speaking to these kids and speaking to the teachers and other individuals that were really from two very different walks of life, I tried to remain as true to myself and my story and the practices that I wanted to give them. And in doing such, I was able to connect with them on such an amazing level. And that's just how I deal with people, even in my normal way of life. You know, I treat the CEO and the janitor the same way. I want other people to feel appreciated no matter what their job title is or what they do or where they come from or or which side of the town they grew up on. And so um, in being true to myself, I think other people can then find 
that they can be true to themselves as well. And I, I'm happy that that's a word that I would use to describe myself. That's awesome. And like you said, like you just treat everybody the same. No exactly. one needs to be put on a different pedestal because of name. If they got a couple of letters after their last name, like it shouldn't be any different. Because we're all here yeah. and we've all had, you know, we all have our own personal story. And, you know, whether it was hard or whether it was easy, everyone should be on the same level playing field. Exactly. And, you know, it it almost actually, to be honest, makes me very sad when I see people treating others differently based on how much money they have or what title they feel like they have or the benefit they think that other person can bring into their life. Because I just don't feel like we were put on this earth to do that. We can inspire people in so many different ways every single day. And if you're always looking to be on the come up or to only be nice to people you think can help you out, that's going to eventually have some dire consequences. You should really live your life in a way where you are giving love to people despite what you feel like they're bringing to the table. You just should be loved. Yes, I agree 100%. So, Raven, what pretty much inspired you to do what you do today? Really, everything that I'm doing now started off as an accident. Um, I at 12 years old, 11, 12 years old, I was really into gymnastics and I had become a national gymnastics champion. I had also skipped two grades at that time. So I was two years ahead of myself in school and just had a lot of different experiences. And I remember a teacher asked me to write down my experiences. She said, you've accomplished a lot. You've gone through a lot. Just write it down. Write down how you felt during those times. Write down what kept you motivated. And in doing such, it actually turned into my first book. And that first book was published when I was just 12 years old. And I was actually asked to give the keynote address at Stedman Graham's Move Without the Ball Conference in Charlotte, North Carolina as a 12-year-old. I was extremely nervous because at that point in time I had low self-esteem. I had some, um, I had some self-esteem issues that I'd struggled with. I was really quiet, really shy. I did not like being in front of people. So to be asked to do this, Obviously, it was an amazing opportunity, and my parents wanted me to take advantage of that opportunity. They felt like I had something to offer these kids, but I was scared. Wow. <laughs> um, but I, I did it anyway because something just kind of tugged at my heartstrings and said, you know what, Raven, you got to get out get out there and just do it. So that's what I did, and I ended up getting a standing ovation. Wow. And Super. at that moment, it was like, well, could I actually do this? Is this something that I'm supposed to be doing. But it wasn't until maybe two or three speeches later, and I was still 12 at the time, that I really discovered the meaning of what I was put on this earth to do. I think that Stedman Graham's speech allowed me to discover my purpose, but then this Mm -hmm. next speech that I'm about to tell you about, it really drove it home and made me realize this really is what I'm supposed to be doing. And what happened was I was given a speech at a church and like the Stedman Graham speech, I got a standing ovation and people were talking to me after and it felt good to be 12 and be told, you know, that I had so much wisdom, et cetera. But there was a man that came up to me after the speech and he was middle-aged, probably in his 40s, and he had tears in his eyes. And I was a little nervous. I was scared. Like, why is this older man, you know, I'm 12, coming up to me in tears? And I just remember him looking at me and saying that he had tried to commit suicide three times in his life. And he was actually 
planning on going home after church and trying again that day. But he said that if a 12-year-old can have so much wisdom and have so much passion about life, that he would promise to me right there, right then, that he would never try to take his life again. And at that moment, I started tearing up myself and I said, wow, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is my purpose. And um, that that's where this all came from. And from the book started this motivational speaking career, which led into a radio show I used to host, which led into a TV show that I was hosting before I decided to finish out my hours and get my degree. And then that led into a filmmaking career. So it's all just kind of snowballed really from that Stedman Graham speech that started with my first book that was an accident to begin with. Wow. You just never know. You honestly you just don't never know. Goodness gracious. Well, I'm glad that all worked out in your favor. Yeah. So, you know, as young and even as adults, we have different role models and mentors. So what was your mm-hmm. role model and mentor as a child? And did it change over the years? My role model has always been my mother. I love that woman more than anything in the world. My mom has gone above and beyond to support me in every way that she can. Both of my parents, you know, they're still married. They're still both in my lives, and I love them both. But just being a female and seeing my mom be so strong in various things that she's gone through and really being there for myself and my brother, I've always mm-hmm. adored that, and I've always looked up to her, and I've always considered her my best friend. So as far as someone actually being close to me and personally, my mom has always been my role model. Now, if you're asking maybe on the outside who's someone I look up to, I've always looked up to Oprah and her story and how many people she's helped and how she really came from nothing and created different avenues to become the woman that she is today. I think that is absolutely amazing. And I really look up to her story. Yes, and you, you along with a couple other people also said Oprah as well, and of course, you had a long list of great and amazing people from entertainers, authors, to teachers, to regular people, that people that don't even know that they're being looked up to. So, yeah, it, it can definitely be a mixture of people, and each person can play a part in your life based off of whatever you want them to be connected to. So, like you said, yeah. like your mom is, you know, more for your personal, and then you have, you know, Oprah for, you know, outside of your personal life, maybe pertaining to business and, you know, how she started and all that good stuff. So, yeah, um, we definitely had a selection of people, but those two people are definitely amazing women, I'm sure, for sure. I don't yeah. even know mom, but shout out to mom for being amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. So what is your meaning of success? And what do you consider to be your current biggest success? And it can be personal or business related. Yeah. I think that true success is an individual doing the absolute most that they can with the potential they've been given. And I think that a lot of people versions of success or meanings of success are different. You know, for some people, it's about money. For others, it's mm-hmm. about relationships. Um, and that can change. But for me, I feel like you are a success. When you're truly doing everything you have with what you've been given, because I think some of us, we have amazing talents and gifts and we could be doing so much more. 
than what we choose to do. And are you really a success if you're not waking up every day and doing the absolute best that you can? So that's my personal definition of success. You know, I have accomplished a few things in my young life. And so people do ask me that question a lot. What has the most meaning for you? What do you feel like has been your biggest success to date? But really, I feel like my biggest success is that when my mom was once being interviewed about me, they asked her about all of my achievements. So they said, you know, your daughter is an author. She's a motivational speaker. She's done X, Y, Z. What are you most proud of? And my mom didn't say this book or this speech or this check that she got. My mom said, all of the amazing things that you're describing about Raven right now is awesome. But let me tell you that she's an even better daughter. And that struck me more than anything. And that's where Mm -hmm. I feel like my biggest success is, is that despite everything that I do, despite the things that I've accomplished, it's that my mom can say I'm the best daughter, that my brother can say I'm the best sister, that my best friends say Raven hasn't changed and she's the best person that I can talk to and I'm going to pick up the phone and call her no matter what. You know, to have those type of feelings from people that are close to me and know me, that's the biggest success to me because I think sometimes we can lose ourselves in accomplishments Mm -hmm. and money and various things. So to feel like that I haven't and to hear this from people who are going to be brutally honest with me, that's a success to me. Yes, that is it, it was well said, definitely, and it is that definitely volume because, like you said, it's not about you know how many books you published or how many motivational speeches you have done or you know how many films you made. It's all about being the best version of yourself. So your mother exactly. can say, you know, she's an amazing daughter, and like you said, your best friend, yeah, she's an amazing best friend, and you know, your brother, yeah, she's a dope sister. So you know, yeah, I definitely feel you on that. That's that's a very great, that's an accomplishment because you know, you have yeah. people out here who have alternative motives. You have some people who you know are all for the money, all for the you know the light camera action. It has to be forefront all the time. Like it's really not about that because. Behind your back, people can be saying some crazy stuff about you. And if that's the case, then you're not really building no great relationships being that type of person. So, yeah, I Mm -hmm. definitely commend you on being, of course, the best version of yourself. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. So what do you think was your biggest challenge to get where you are today? And how did you overcome that? I think one of my biggest challenges happened internally. Mm. As I mentioned, I did struggle with self-esteem. I did not know where I fit in, so to speak. I always felt like I was put on this earth to do something great. And that is a weird feeling to have sometimes when you're 8 years old, 12 years old, 15 years old, and everyone around Mm -hmm. you doesn't know why they were put on this earth or doesn't even really care at the moment what their purpose is. I just had a different outlook on life and I've always had it. So there were times I felt awkward. I did not know my place or what I should be doing on a a day-to-day basis. I had self-esteem issues, not exactly sure where that stemmed from because my dad was the dad to tell me I was amazing and awesome and beautiful. My mom Mm. was the same way. Um, I think it was just because I just felt like I didn't belong in certain cases. You know, as a teenager, even I started college, my sophomore year of college at 16. And even then I wanted to 
have a 4.0. I wanted to put myself in the best position to have the best life after graduation. I did not go to school to party or to do a lot of things that I think people are excited about doing in college when they go. Not to say I didn't have fun. I had the best time of my life. But it was just an internal challenge of me being comfortable with myself and understanding that God did put me here for a reason and I deserve good things that happened to me. I mm-hmm. worked really hard and I deserve these blessings that come my way from God. I think sometimes we feel like we're not deserving of right. good things mm-hmm. that happen. And so I just had to come to terms with that, that I had to understand, you know, it, it was okay to be blessed. It was okay to work hard and reap what I was supposed to sow, so to speak. So, um, you know, and then with the self-esteem issues that I had, I just noticed when I spoke life into other people, when I spoke life into that little girl or even the guy on the football team when I was invited to speak to sports teams and I spoke life into them, I, I was really in return speaking to myself. And when I was speaking to all of these youth, telling them, you can do whatever you want to do. You can accomplish whatever you want to. You're beautiful. You're smart. You're strong. I would go home, look in the mirror and say the same things to myself. And over time, and it took some years, I just became a really confident person. And I began to understand that everything in life happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. We all have different paths. We all have different journeys, but I'm going to accept it. And as long as I'm doing the very best of what I have where I am, then I'm going to be in the correct position. I'm going to be exactly where I'm supposed to be, where God wants me to be. And so I will just take the good and the bad and be confident and live my life as that Bible that I told you about. And so um, when I just came more to terms with myself, I just saw a lot of doors open up. I think God was taking me through a certain process and a lot of testing to just prepare me for where I'm at today. And so that internal struggle was probably the most challenging. Now, externally, of course, I've had things to happen to me. A lot of people don't know that I had two breast tumors, that I had to have two lumpectomies on. The first one was just, I was 17 years old. You know, I'm a baby. Wow. And then the doctor told me then that he found a lump in my breast, wasn't sure what it was. So at 17, I'm... Um, going and making an appointment with a breast cancer surgeon. And he tells me, you know, we think it's benign. We think you're going to be okay, but we do want to cut it out. So that was my first one back to me. But then a year and a half later, when I was 19, I noticed another lump and it was bigger than before. And so wow. when I went back to the breast cancer surgeon, his face was different. Before, it was kind of like Hakuna Matata. You know, it was like, no worries, you're mm-hmm. going to be okay. The second time I came back, his face was like, this shouldn't have happened. It shouldn't have grown back in the same spot that it did. And it's bigger now and a little more aggressive. We got to figure out what's going on. That is a hard pill to swallow at 19 years old. And it was hard. It ended up that it was still benign. He just had to take the tumor out. He took some healthy right. breast tissue as well. But experiences like that just show you the meaning of life and it just taught me to not take life for granted because whether you're 17 or 46 or 82, you know, we don't know the day, the time, the hour. Like, we don't That's know. Right. You have to understand that as long as you still have breath in your body right now, then God still has a purpose for you. There's still something for you to do. So I just That's wake right. up every day with that mentality of I'm here. I'm alive. Thank you, Jesus. What do I need to do right now 
to live my best life and to be purposeful in what I'm doing. And so um, experiences like that have taught me a lot. I've had a lot of great challenges. Like I said, internally was probably the greatest. But then when you have things to happen to you that you have to overcome, that teaches you a lot about yourself as well. Yes. That was amazing. Mm, I can only imagine, like you said, at 19, that's a huge pill to swallow. You know, you're not even thinking about breast cancer or, you know, no real sickness at 19. Yeah, So I can, I get it. Like, it's just something, of course, and we live a life full of unexpected things. And the fact that they are unexpected puts us in the mindset of fear. So I can only imagine all the things that were going through your head, like, oh, my gosh, like, this is crazy. I'm sure you question God, like, why me? So I'm just glad, you know, you were able to get over those stepping stones with, you know, going to get those things removed and taking precautions and, you know, making sure that things were okay. And even now, years later, still making sure that you're okay. Yes, exactly. So we already know that you're an author. So can you tell our listeners about your book, The Seven Practices of Prosperous Women? Oh, yes. This is my newest book, a book that I'm very proud of and excited about. As you said, the name of the book is The Seven Practices of Prosperous Women. And in this book, I outline seven practices that prosperous women use each and every day to unlock their full potential in each area of their life. You know, I start with the first practice of visualize the end result, and it really breaks down how to set goals and create the vision for your life. And I go all the way through to the seventh practice, which is never throw in the towel, which is, of course, never giving up despite the circumstances that may be surrounding you. So this book really, really dives deep into finding yourself and understanding how adversity plays into your life and how you can really just become the best version of yourself. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, as an author, a lot of people, you know, of course you write. And it's also like reading is a way of learning. So can you give our listeners maybe one of your current reads or maybe your top three books? Yes. I really am a Malcolm Gladwell fan. And so I've read all five of his books. I think they're absolutely amazing. So one book that I do recommend that people read, especially when they're on a journey to success is his book, Outliers. I really enjoyed how he put stories together that showed you how certain people have come to find success. So I, I really think that that's a good book. If you're in kind of like the business realm of things, I think there's a book called The Ideal Team Player that was really good for me. And just seeing how teamwork operates. I think, you know, teamwork makes the dream work, as they say. So that was a really good book for me to read. And then since I like sports and I love seeing how people go from point A to point B and biographies of successful people, a book that I highly recommend is Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. And um, he is the creator of Nike. So Mm -hmm. his story and how Nike was created and became what it is today I thought was amazing. So um, I do highly recommend Shoe Dog as well. So yeah, those would be three books, but definitely, like I said, Outliers, I love. I've read that multiple times by Malcolm Gladwell and Shoe Dog by Phil Knight is a really good one too. Awesome, yes, because I'm writing these down as you speak them. (laughs) So I can read them as well. So I'm sure sometimes you're a busy lady. So how do you practice self-love and self-care? 
For me, it's about taking time to myself and giving my body the right amount of rest that it needs. Because as you said, I'm busy and I just have a mindset of help as many people as you can. And that's really how I operate all the time. I'm trying to find someone to help. I have a helping spirit. I'm doing things for people all the time. I'm trying to further my career at the same time. So I'm always doing something. I'm always up. I get the comments from people all the time. You never sleep. So I have to be intentional, very intentional about spending time with myself and doing things for myself. Because if I'm not intentional about it, I will run and run and run until I can't run anymore. And I have to remind myself, like how I even said in my book, you got to think about yourself as a car. You know, you can drive all day long, but sooner or later, you're going to have to stop and put gas in. Right. And you have to just do that with your body. Like you can do so many things. And I'm not just talking about physically, I'm saying mentally as well. You can exhaust yourself and forget that you have to put gas in. Now, in that, you have to have balance. Of course, once your gas tank is full, you don't keep on trying to fill up. That's the same thing. Once you've rested, once you've had this time to yourself, yes, get back to work. But don't forget to take that time to renew your spirit and fill your tank. And so for me, what I like to do is just read, spend time with myself, even mm-hmm. if it's going to getting a manicure, a pedicure. Sometimes right. being alone is awesome. I find a nice show on Netflix where I can just really just chill and watch a nice show. I just, um, you know, anything where I can just kind of unwind and relax and not think about work, not think about even another person. You know, sometimes you just really have to take care of yourself. And for me, yes, it has to be intentional because I, I can forget to do it from time to time. Yes, I know sometimes I definitely forget myself. And like you said, I'm always <laughs> on a mission here, here, and everywhere. And I just have to sometimes like, oh, let me sit down for a second and get my life mm-hmm. in order. Because now I'm going way too much. And I really have to sit back and really think about it like, um, T, take a chill pill, please. <laughs> yeah. For a couple hours. So even now, like, when I come in the house after a long day, I just come in and I just sit. And I may, yeah. like you said, cut on the seat or I might start making dinner or whatever it is, but I'm not usually getting on my phone, getting on my laptop, trying to handle a client, like, you know, so I'm trying to get myself back in order so that way I can be productive because, like, I told my client, any speaking engagement, you have to handle self first. You can't be out here trying to start a business and your mind is all over the place. You have to handle yourself first. So then that way you can be productive because when your life is, when your personal life is in chaos, your business can become a chaos. Yeah. So you have to put yourself first at all times. This is extremely true. So true. So what is one resource that you use every single day that you cannot live without? And it can be personal or business related. It seems so simple, but for me, it's a list. I operate off of lists. And some people, when I get asked that, they're expecting something so extravagant, something expensive, you know, something that's just out of this world. But it's no, I I need a list. I I make lists every night for Mm -hmm. what I need to do the next day. And then I wake up the next day and I just do whatever it takes to cross off all those things off the list. Because for me, my mind is everywhere all the time. I have so many different businesses and 
relationships with people and I'm very intentional about making sure I spend time with people I need to. I text and call the people that I need to, as well as that I'm present in all areas of my business. So in order to really do that and make sure I'm doing everything I need to do every day, I have to make a list or I'll forget, things won't get done. And so that is my biggest resource is that piece of paper, that notebook, that Mm -hmm. pen and putting it down. And then it's satisfying as well. When you're going through your day and you're checking off things, it makes you want to just finish checking off that list and you just become so much more productive when you have it. So yeah, that that's my um my big resource that I use. That's good. That's good. Because you have to have some kind of order. If you exactly. don't have your list, I'm sure you all are able to please. Like, oh my gosh, I might have forgot to do something or, you know. I'm sure exactly. that is very, very important to you every day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. So can you tell our listeners about any upcoming events or projects that you may have? Yes, I'm really excited about the projects that I have coming up right now. Um, in a couple of weeks, I had a speech at a church in South Carolina, but really I've been in the lab, as I call it, um, working on some new products and course creation, and they'll be rolling out soon. But a lot of it has to deal with the seven practices. I'll be having a jewelry line that'll be released soon that Mm -hmm. is inspirational with the seven practices being utilized in the jewelry. I have a course coming out soon that really dives very deep into each of these seven practices. And I give women just more personal tips, personal resources, personal stories that will allow them to reach their full potential. And um, and with all of this, I have a film that I'm working on that I'll be producing. So there's a lot going on. I'm very, very excited about it. Just stay tuned. Um, If you want to know what I'm up to on a daily basis and get details on all of these projects that are coming up, I'm pretty active on Instagram. So um, at Raven Magwood, R-A-V-E-N-M-A-G-W-O-O-D. I post, I try to post every day, just letting everyone know what's going on. Um, Other social media sites, not as active on. Um, I do have a Facebook fan page, but Instagram, I do, I do keep up with. And then if you sign up for my newsletter on my website, ravenmagwood.com, you'll get more detailed information as well. Awesome. Awesome. So before we go, can you give our listeners one piece of advice in regards to bossing up, not just in business, but in life? When it comes to bossing up, you really have to know yourself and be willing to do the work on yourself. I think that if you're honest with yourself and you're willing to truly take responsibility, the world is in your hands. I talk to women all the time who make excuses for where they are or where they're not in life, and that's simply not the way to go. You know, When you really want to do something, you find a way, and if you don't, you find an excuse. Be that woman who will find a way to make things happen and not take, not make excuses and fully take responsibility for where she is in life. That really is my biggest piece of advice because when you're disciplined in that manner, you can really accomplish the world. It's easy to be motivated for a day. It's easy to be motivated for a week. It's easy mm-hmm. to dedicate yourself to something for a short period of time or even be determined for a particular time. But it takes the discipline of being able to be responsible, take responsibility, not make excuses, and be consistent, that's going to take you to that next level of success. So, yes, make sure that you're taking responsibility for where you're at in life and don't make excuses. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. That was an amazing piece of advice. I hope all of our listeners were, you know, writing down those nuggets that you were dropping, ways that they can contact you, how to keep up, you know, sign up for the newsletter, all that good stuff. And I'm just very, very appreciative that you were able to be on the podcast for that. Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed speaking with you, T. You are so welcome. And with that being said, I hope everyone has an amazing day and continue to boss up with purpose. Thank you for listening to this episode of Purposely Bossing Up. Continue to keep bossing up with purpose. Real one. Real one.